called Roots. During my junior year in high school, I met a guy named Keith. Uh, although Keith went to my high school, I didn't meet him at school. I met him uh, at the part-time job I had in one of the department stores at a nearby mall. Uh, our job in the department store was stocking merchandise, and while we did that, we had plenty of time to talk. Uh, he told me about his family, and I learned about his mom and his dad, and uh, I learned about uh, how one day his older brother was driving, and he sneezed really hard. And uh, this sneeze caused his brother to swerve, and thankfully no one was hurt, but the sneeze actually caused a multiple car accident. And I've had some hard sneezes in my uh, driving days, and I've always wondered if that ever showed up on a police report. And working with uh, Keith, I found out that, sure enough, his brother was cited uh, with a drive-by sneezing, with a uh, hitting runny nose or something. I don't know. Uh, as we got to know each other better, uh, Keith described how uh, he had some personal struggles. He, he battled sadness. Uh, he felt empty inside. He, he felt no purpose in his life. And he admitted that he was prone to drinking booze uh, until he got drunk because uh, it helped him to forget about things. I also had a chance to share my life with Keith. I was honest about some of my problems, but I was also honest about the fact that Jesus had made a huge difference in my life. And I told Keith how I had put personal faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross for me and how I really did experience God's love and forgiveness. And I told Keith how I read the Bible uh, because I sensed God speaking to me through it and how the Bible helped me to know God better and learn to follow Jesus. Keith asked me a lot of questions about what it meant to follow Jesus, and he kept asking me questions. Then one day, I gave Keith a lift home from work, and after talking about following Jesus some more, I asked Keith if he would like to start following Jesus too. And he said, yeah, he would. And so right there in my car, Keith prayed. And in his own words, he asked God to forgive him based on his belief in what Jesus did on the cross for him. And Keith told Jesus that he wanted to follow him. Uh, the next day at uh, work, I saw Keith and I mentioned to him that I was going to a, a Bible study. And Keith said that he wanted to come. And he kept coming. In fact, uh, for our entire senior year of high school, uh, Keith went with me every week to Bible study. And he found that God was speaking to him through the Bible too. And he was thrilled and he was hungry. He was hungry to learn more about Jesus and what it meant to follow him. And I share this story with you because if you were to ask me when I decided that I wanted to serve God in the church... This was the moment. And by serving God in the church, I don't mean that this was when I decided that I wanted to be a pastor. Uh, I mean that this was the moment that I knew I wanted to give my life to serving Jesus as a member of his body in the church. 
And at that time, I had no inkling uh, that I would end up being employed by a church. I just knew that I wanted God to use me to reach out to more people like Keith, the way that God had used other people to reach me. I knew this at that moment when I realized this amazing transformation had taken place in my friend Keith. Before my very eyes, I saw my friend who was on his way to becoming an alcoholic give up drinking and and actually give up parties so that he could go to Bible studies and come with me to church. But better than that, I saw Keith's face change. I saw his life transforming uh, before my eyes. Following Jesus, Keith wasn't sad anymore. He was transformed from someone who is empty inside into someone who is bubbling over with joy. He wasn't insecure or uh, fearful anymore. He had this peace and confidence. And when I saw this, when I saw my friend who was far from God experience the same love and forgiveness from God and Jesus that I did, when I saw him find purpose and finding this grinning ear-to-ear gladness that changed him into a a new person with a relationship with God that would uh, carry him through this life and the next life, I mean, when I saw all this in my friend, I was hooked. I knew that I had, whatever I did in my life, I had to be a part of Jesus' work in lives through the church the rest of my life. And when I say Jesus' work in the church, I don't mean uh, one particular church. I mean I wanted to join all God's people gathered around the globe in doing what God calls all His people to do. But there was, you know, one particular group of Christ followers God used to train me and help me grow. And there are some people listening to me now who don't know that part of my story. Some of you don't know that the high school that I went to was Trumbull High. And the mall where Keith and I worked was the Trumbull Mall. And the church that I attended as a teenager was Black Rock Church. And the church that grew me so that I could reach out to a friend and be equipped to to introduce Jesus to others was Black Rock Church. And the Bible study and the church that I brought Keith to, it was a Black Rock Bible study. And it was Black Rock Church. The Bible teaches that the secret to spiritual growth in a person is a person's root system. No one can grow up unless they first grow down with roots into God's Word. My spiritual roots were formed right here. They came right down here in the soil of Black Rock. And God used a particular scripture to nourish my root system 
and I'd like to share it with you. Uh, please turn your Bible or in your device to uh, Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. And today, we begin a series uh, extending uh, over a handful of weeks where uh, several BlackRock pastors will share a passage from God's Word that God used to be a part of their root system. And my passage is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Romans is a letter uh, written by the Apostle Paul, and the first word in uh, chapter 12 is the word, therefore. Uh, this is a word that signals that what Paul says in, chapters 12, in chapter 12 is connected to what he had already said in the first 11 verses, or first 11 chapters. So uh, if you're ready, I'm going to give you uh, my 30-second summary of the first 11 chapters of Romans. Chapters 1 through 3 is about my sin and my desperate need to be saved from the deadly effects of separation from God. Chapters 4 and 5 are about how God has provided my salvation and that this forgiveness from my sin is found only in faith in Jesus and his blood sacrifice on the cross. Then chapters 6 through 11 is about the process of my sanctification. Uh, sanctification is the divine process that makes me a a child of God and makes me progressively more like Jesus. And then the last section of Paul's letter to the Romans begins with that very first word in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, therefore. Paul says, therefore, in the light of the truth about my sin and God's work for my salvation and God's continuing work for my sanctification, therefore, the only logical response is my service to God by serving others. So chapter 12 uh, begins the final section of Romans, uh, 12 to 16. Those chapters is about my service. And in verse 1, Paul says, uh, in view of the incredible mercy that, that of God that I've been describing for 11 chapters, my only appropriate response is to worship God by serving Him with such commitment that it's like I am a living sacrifice to God. If I have truly received God's amazing, indescribable mercy... I will logically desire to respond in the appropriate way, which is to serve God as a living sacrifice. And I say logically desire to be a living sacrifice because Paul calls it, you notice those words, my, my true and proper worship, or in some translations, it's my spiritual worship. Now, these phrases are a translation of two Greek words. The first word is logikane, which is the root for what our word is logical. And the second word is latrine, which means service. 
So presenting my body as a living sacrifice to God is my logical service of gratitude to God in view of his surprising, beautiful mercy to me in Christ. And of course, back when the Apostle Paul wrote these words, a living sacrifice, everyone immediately understood the connection between gratitude and sacrifice. Because in the Roman world, uh, everyone worshipped by presenting a sacrifice. In Rome, pagans uh, presented uh, thank sacrifices to idols. But by living sacrifice, Paul is primarily referencing the sacrificial system that God commanded in the Old Testament. When God gave the sacrificial system uh, to Moses on Mount Sinai, he was very specific about a long list of different sacrifices. And if you know the Old Testament, you're familiar with the uh, sacrificial system and how it included animals' blood shed for a substitutionary payment for sin. But there were other sacrifices beside blood sacrifices. God also commanded burnt offerings and drink offerings and wave offerings and grain offerings. And that's just a partial list. Like I said, there was a long list of different sacrifices. But this long list of Old Testament sacrifices can be divided into two main categories. All the Old Testament sacrifices were either sin offerings or thank offerings. Uh, where sin offerings were given to atone for sin. And thank offerings were given as an expression of gratitude to God. Now, when God calls me to offer my body as a living sacrifice, what kind of sacrifice do you think God has in mind. Does God want me to be a sin offering? No. That is who Jesus is. Jesus is the only one who can atone for my sin or anyone else's sin. And he did that on the cross. No, when God calls me to be a living sacrifice, he intends me to be a thank offering to him. Being a living sacrifice is becoming a walking, talking, thank offering to God, where in view of God's overwhelming mercy upon my life, I respond logically by stepping up on the altar of sacrifice and saying, God, here I am. I know I'm not much, but whatever I have, Whoever I am, I devote myself to you out of my thanks to you, out of my gratitude to you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now, how can I serve you? I can tell you that this is, how, this is what motivated me as a high school student to reach out to Keith. I guess you could say it was a sacrifice. I mean, I had to sacrifice my sense of security and risk some rejection. Getting personally involved with uh, Keith involved the sacrifice of my time, I suppose. Uh, so maybe reaching out to Keith was uh, included, you know, an element of sacrifice. But my sacrifice, whatever it was, was not motivated by a sense of duty or dry obligation to just tell Keith. I had to tell Keith about Jesus. No, 
It came from an overwhelming thankfulness and gratitude toward God. I had such a powerful sense of gratitude to Jesus for the way that He loved me enough to die for me and how He continued to show me mercy when I, I failed. And, uh, and this sense of gratitude was my led to my logical desire to introduce Jesus to other people. And so speaking to Keith involved some sacrifice, but it was tiny compared to something else that I did as a high school student. Uh, my youth group leader here at BlackRock told me that I should consider uh, being a mentor as a senior in high school uh, to some younger students. And I said, oh, come on, I'm, I'm a senior. You're not asking me to uh, hang out with freshmen or sophomores. And my leader said, no. I said, good. Uh, be, uh, what did you have in mind? And, uh, and the leader said, I think you should consider leading a Bible study for middle school boys. And I said, no way, not middle schoolers. No, they're not even like human yet. And, uh, uh, but after thinking about it, uh, God was calling me to lead a midweek Bible study as a senior in high school for middle school boys. And it was a sacrifice. <laughs> I found out that junior high boys are uh, not interested in sitting still for very long. Uh, I found that many are not interested in bathing or uh, personal hygiene. Anyway, it was a sacrifice, but one that included howls of laughter and great friendship. And some of the boys in that Bible study are today men who serve others here at Black Rock out of the same gratitude to God that motivated me to serve them. So we have a a four-step spiritual growth process here at BlackRock. Worship, community, serving, and ownership. Every Christ-following person uh, who is part of this church, who, who, is, who is a part of BlackRock, should be looking for opportunities to serve God. Why? Because it's logical. It's my logical response to serve God considering the mercy that I've received from Jesus. It's logical that I want to serve God simply out of a spirit of gratitude to God. So let me ask you, where are you serving? Where are you serving as a thank offering to God? It doesn't have to be just here in, uh, in the church? I mean, are you serving in your relationships? But when it comes to church, are you making little or big sacrifices to serve here at church? And just keep in mind that when I tell you that as a Christ follower, you need to get involved in the joy of serving Jesus in his body here at Black Rock, Remember, I'm not just saying that as your pastor. I'm saying this as a person who sat where you are sitting and got involved, serving, starting as a lousy high school student. This is just who we are as followers of Jesus in the body of Black Rock. So, how about you? Where are you serving? 
You know, we've put out numerous announcements asking you to help us uh, to tear down and set up here at Notre Dame. These requests are not referring to uh, someone else. If this is your church, uh, we're asking you to serve out of your gratitude to God. And you say, oh, I'd like to serve, but not right now. I'd like to serve, but I'm, I'm waiting for the right fit. And can I just say, these are good intentions. But good intentions are not good enough in God's eyes. Notice what uh, it, uh, I'm told to do in verse 1. I'm told to present my body as a living sacrifice. Body is a deliberate word choice designed to make it clear that God is not interested in vague wishes or fuzzy intentions or abstract hopes God wants my body. God wants me to serve with hands-on participation. God wants my time. God wants my flesh and blood involvement. Not just singing and talking. God wants concrete commitment of my hands and what I do with them. Concrete commitment of my feet and where I go. The concrete commitment of my lips and what I say. Not long ago, I uh, saw a sign in a restaurant. Uh, Actually, there were two signs uh, in this restaurant with two memorable slogans. Uh, the first sign I saw was a small picture framed uh, sign between the cash register and this pile of wrapped to go brownies and donuts and cookies. And the sign read, remember, stressed is desserts spelled backwards. The idea is that desserts are the opposite of being stressed. And I I, I stake my life on this truth. I, uh, I believe this with all my heart, but it has nothing to do with this message, except that it leads me to the other slogan sign that I saw in the restaurant that sums up what it means to be a living sacrifice to God. And this is the sign. Uh, it was in big, bold, printed banner, and it said, The answer is yes. Now, what's the question? When you live this slogan in a restaurant, it's called customer service. But when you live this slogan in your relationship with God, it's called serving God as a living sacrifice. Being a living sacrifice is saying, God, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? Now, ask me anything. When God says through his word... Will you forgive people who hurt you just like I forgive you? The answer is yes, God. When God says, will you love people unconditionally as I love you? The answer is yes, God. Will you serve in the church by using your gifts and abilities that I've given you? The answer is yes, God. Will you give sacrificially and tithe to support my work in the church? The answer is yes, God. Will you listen to me throughout your day as I prompt you to step out of your comfort zone and uh, talk to people with your mouth and reach out to people with your hands? God, I'm a living sacrifice, which means that whatever the question is, my answer is already decided. It is yes, yes, with all the gratitude in my heart. The answer is yes, God. 
And over time, as you are a living sacrifice uh, who says yes to God, it gradually changes the way you think. Uh, Verse 2, Paul says that being a living sacrifice results in the renewing of my mind. Uh, It's a whole new perspective on life, being a living sacrifice. It's a whole new perspective, and it's a whole lot better than anything that this world has to offer. And this is what I've experienced personally. Because, not because of I'm special, but because God in His mercy uh, put me in a place where I could develop a solid, strong root system. Starting as a high schooler, uh, BlackRock has given me roots in the truth of God's Word. And these roots have given me a renewed mind and a different perspective on life. And If you are part of this church, it is my heart's desire, my deepest passion, that you would experience that root system into the truth of God's Word in a life-changing way, just like I have. Uh, Part of this God-centered perspective on life means that as a truth, as a church, we truly believe That there is nothing more important than telling people about Jesus and helping people find a relationship with Jesus. This is why we serve. This is why we find joy in setting up and tearing down uh, these chairs here in Notre Dame and setting up classrooms for adults and children here at Notre Dame. This is why every Sunday we staff our starting point group, which is a discussion group helping people here on Sunday morning learn more about Jesus. This is why on Sunday mornings we have our BlackRock 101 luncheons, which are helping people learn what it means to follow Jesus. We serve. We are walking, talking, thank offerings to God. And in the process, we have the joy of seeing people coming from all over the world to us and finding here new life in Jesus.